Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Thanksgiving's almost here. I'm excited. Hopefully you're excited. I love Thanksgiving. It's one of my favorite holidays. What's better than just sitting back, eating good food, watching some football, and spending time with family and friends? So if you got any cool plans for Thanksgiving holiday, let me know in the comments section. we got a lot to talk about today, and we have a guest. Her name is Hannah Peterson, and you might remember her story. Um, her child, her son, was forced to run laps during gym class in 90-plus degree heat wearing a mask as a punishment. And when he pulled his mask down so he could breathe, his teacher punished him with more laps wearing the mask. Hannah since began fighting back, forming organizations, and, and fighting to make sure that no children are forced to be masked. So we welcome her onto the show now. Welcome, Hannah Peterson. Hannah, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Well, it's it's great to have you. I, I love, I said this yesterday when we talked with, with Steve, um, I, I love good news stories. I love being able to talk to people who have had success because there's so much negativity that we're being th- that's being thrown at us. Kids being forced to wear masks, critical race theory, right? It, it's great to be able to celebrate even the little victories. Obviously, the fight is huge. The fight is is big. It's, it's lasting. It's going to be here for a while. And it's up to all of us to fight back against it. But yeah. I, I love being able to talk to people who have had little victories. Why don't you walk us through first what happened with your son and, and how that ended up being resolved? Sure. Um, I actually went up to his school to bring him some medicine. And because, um, you know, last year the, ki- the parents weren't allowed on campus. So um, in bringing him some medicine, I saw the kids in, during PE with masks on their face. And I, I mean, I was hot just getting out of my car, walking to the office. And obviously it was disturbing and, and shame on me for not, you know, knowing this earlier in the school year that this was happening. But um, I questioned my son about it when he got home that day. And um, he told me that he, you know, the whole class, all the classes have to wear masks outside. And I just started asking him more and more questions. And he goes on to tell me that there's times when he can't breathe well, so he'll pull his mask down. He even went into detail saying that it would get wet and, you know, from the sweat and everything. And when he'd pull his mask down to breathe, he'd get yelled at with a megaphone across the courts and told that he needed to then run more laps with the mask on. And, um, you know, I'm not one of those parents that thinks that my eight-year-old always gives accurate information. So I have kind of a technique of just asking the same questions in different ways over and over again to really get down to the truth. And his story never changed. And so, you know, with that information, my husband and I decided we would just kind of put some feelers out there on Facebook and see what other parents are aware of this and who who else thinks this is wrong you know and just within a, less than a week we had over 10,000 members in this group discussing this and you know when when that happens it's just it quickly becomes apparent that okay this is something we need to do this is something we need to do something with we've got all these people now all these parents 
we've got this situation, now how are we going to address it? So next steps were um, getting involved with CCDF, County Citizens Defending Freedom, who are fighting a lot of different things. Um, so we got connected with them. We've got, we got some legal backing, um, pulling together our resources on that page. And we've just been at it ever since. One thing has just led to another. It's just been amazing what all has evolved from that situation. So what happened when you went to the school and you obviously I, I know I don't have an eight year old. I have a four year old and <laughs> he was at daycare a couple weeks ago and he told me, oh, the kid, the kids hit me. I'm like, oh, my goodness, there's a there's a fight. No, it turns out it was a two year old toddling around playfully playing with him. <laughs> so you, you have to kind of press kids for the truth sometimes. Um, you do. Once you got once you got the truth, what happened when you brought it to the school? Well, we messaged them. My kids are in a charter school, so they have their own uh, board of directors. So we sent them a message and there was no response virtually. So um, we did kind of find out that the school board, the county school board, kind of sets the policy that the charter schools follow. And I think there's some funding and things involved there. Um, so we just, we didn't get anywhere with the school. It wasn't until citizens came together and started applying pressure and presenting lawsuits that everybody was like, okay, whoa, 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 now we need to, to back off of this. And that's when the charter school dropped the mandate first. So um, that happened pretty much immediately. And then, you know, and I'll be honest with you, I was tempted when my kids were then protected to go, okay, fight's done. Now I can, I can sleep good at night. But at that point, I had already been privy to information of uh, so many other children that were suffering and so many other parents on this page that are like, you know, help me, help me. So I couldn't, you know, walk away from it at that point. So we just continued to rally at the school board, presented them with a lawsuit. The county school board did end up dropping their mandate, um, I would say about a month and a half into our work. Um, however, they kept the policy, the, the mask policy in their, in their student code of conduct which was concerning to us because that tells me that now it's permanently in there. They can implement this whenever they want. Yeah. And so we've been fighting for eight months to get that policy removed. And it just came out last month. So it was a, it was a big win. It was finally like the closure to this whole thing. Um, it wasn't, we, we weren't satisfied with them just taking the mask off our kids. We don't want them to have any future power to just easily send out an email and say, flu cases are up. COVID, you know, COVID's yeah. on the rise, mask up for three weeks. So it was a huge win for us. I was, I was asking you a little bit about this before we went to air, but did anything specifically happen to the teacher? Because we've, we've heard a lot of stories about wearing masks, but making it a punishment, taking a mask off when you're running laps, which I think anyone would understand that that's pretty reasonable. Having him take his mask off and then be punished by running more laps wearing a mask, that is just cruel. It, it, it's, a, it's a very cruel punishment. It's, it's borderline evil. I think we could probably call that an evil thing to do to a child. Has there been any resolution with the teacher? Because whether the teacher is doing it or not, I look at that and I see a glimpse into what that teacher thinks is acceptable. And if the teacher is willing to force kids to suffer wearing a mask while they run in the in the in the Florida heat you have to you have to kind of wonder what else is that teacher doing to kids has there been any resolution with the teacher 
I, I agree, and this was a big a big fear of mine as well. Um, my kids are in a good school overall, so pulling them from the school I didn't think was a solution. Um, the teacher is still em employed there, but I'm just very heavily involved in, in their PE time and questioning both of my kids that now attend that school. And um, from, from what they're telling me, she's now their favorite coach. So she's obviously made a turnaround and changed her ways, and I'm good with that. You know, I'm, I'm involved questioning my kids on how they're being treated, and, you know, I'm not out for anybody's job. You know, if they, I understand that there was a lot of fear involved in COVID, and, you know, I think there's some room for grace there as well. I do think that what she did was cruel and wrong, and I agree with everything that you said. However, you know, I'm not in that position, and I'm not being told what these teachers are being told and what the government's saying and, and you know, all of the things. So um, as long as she continues to treat my kids well, I'm good. Yeah, that, that's fair. I know, no one really wants to go for anyone's job. I just uh, – usually anytime a parent needs to get heavily involved with Jim to make sure that their kids are being treated right, usually – I mean, when you hear stories like that, there there's pretty gross things going on. But obviously, if she's changed her ways, I that's agree. great. I, I just hope that we can turn this corner and make sure that teachers aren't able to do these kinds of things and then claim that they were just following orders because history is littered with examples of people doing really terrible things and then saying, I was just following orders and then turning out to be the nicest person ever. I think that's one of the biggest eye-opening experiences of the last year, just how many people are were willing to – just go in lockstep with evil, cruel, unconstitutional measures, whether it's kicking people out of restaurants, right? Masking kids. We've seen just how many people among us, our neighbors who we thought were completely normal, have been consumed by what you mentioned correctly, fear, but also kind of lust for power in a way too. I don't know if that's something you've seen on the ground, but around the country, the stories that we've covered once you give these bureaucrats power, they really don't want to let it go. And as you mentioned, by keeping it in the student handbook so long, it almost seems like they're trying to, to tuck an ace up their sleeve, right? Just to be able to pull out whenever they really want to have a win. Have you noticed that lust it's for power so as you're fighting in your county and around Florida? I, w I would say um, it is my assumption that it appears to be a lust for power, whether in reality, it is driven by fear or, or whatever. I, I definitely see that 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 grip in, in, in that regard. You know, it's interesting. I watched a documentary a few nights ago um, on Auschwitz in Germany, and it was kind of the last survivors of, of that camp. And something I thought was very interesting that one of the women um, mentioned, and this was, keep in mind, in the 90s when this documentary was filmed, she said, a lot of questions we get is, how did you allow this to happen? How did, how did everyone just comply with these things? And um, her answer was, you know, it just started out as one mandate. It was one mandate at a time, and we just kept saying, it's just one mandate. Let's just comply, and it'll go away. And then the next one would come, and the next one would come. And it, was, it made the hair on my arm stand up <laughs> listening to her speak about this. Oh, yeah. You know, because that's exactly what's happening now. You know, division is being is being uh, used as a tactic to turn people on each other, even family members, over a vaccine and, and just crazy things. And um, and then people, of course, being so manipulated by fear and and the government overreach is just 
we we are seeing those same things happening all over again and it's it's not going to stop until the citizens remember you know who really has the power you know yes our government has power but only as much as the citizens will allow you know our 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 government was designed to work together with government and and citizens to where there's not this overreach and we've got to stand together and 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 start fighting back on these things it really is the only solution in my opinion no yeah the government exists through the consent of the governed when that consent disappears government has no power at least that's that's the way it's supposed to be and, right. and i i've always i've always resisted jumping you're completely correct when it comes to i mean that's what i was referring to when i say like moments in history people just following orders terrible mm-hmm. i've always tried to resist the nazi analogy but the longer this has gone on the more we've seen similarities to nazism to fascism i mean right now in australia obviously other side of the world they are building camps and there have been reports yeah. that people have already been put into camps. I don't know how accurate those reports are. They're really fighting to make sure the information doesn't get out of Australia. It's incredible. The minute people speak up on social media, they're banned. It's true. But we, we see all these similarities. And you mentioned Auschwitz. And this is why I applaud you for, for taking action, not just to protect your kids, but to protect everyone's kids. After the war, they, they spoke to the villagers around Auschwitz. And they asked them, well, how could you possibly not have known? Like, how could you have not known that they were killing so many people in these camps? How could you have not known that when it was snowing ash in July, that that wasn't normal? That when you woke out, walked out of your, your house and you had to shovel the ash that had, that had fallen from the furnaces overnight, that that's not norm- normal. And everyone just said, oh, well, we, we, we didn't know. We, we, right? People put in the back of their head. They're worried about protecting themselves, protecting their own, and they just go on living and just trying to push the the violations aside. Obviously, you should be applauded because you're not doing that. You're continuing to fight. You've woken up. You're waking other people up. But we see just what happens yeah. what happens when people become complacent. People become okay with little violation after little violation. It really can stack up to the point where people are okay with ignoring the remains of human bodies falling from the sky. I mean, it, it, it's insanity. It's, it's true. This podcast is sponsored by Air Med Care Network, the premier insurance plan to cover you and your household should any of you suffer a medical emergency and need to be airlifted to a hospital. We don't get to choose when a disaster strikes. You don't get to choose how you get taken to the hospital. Anyone who has been taken to a hospital or has a loved one who's gone to a hospital by ambulance, you know it's very expensive and you know insurance won't usually cover it. Well, when you have to be airlifted by a helicopter, it's much more expensive. And yeah, insurance won't cover that either. Air MedCare Network exists to make sure you don't risk bankruptcy in the event that someone in your house has to be airlifted to a hospital for medical treatment. So when you sign up at the link in our description, airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily, not only are they going to give you coverage for your entire household for one year for $85, but they're also going to give you money back up to 50 bucks, depending on how many years you sign up for. So again, that's airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily to get up to $50 back. And, and I don't blame people for that. You know, I was in that, that camp myself. I mean, we should be able to trust our leaders. You know, we should be able to go about our lives and live and work and raise families and not have to, to worry about this. But unfortunately, history has proven that we can't do that. And that's why I'm so grateful for an organization like County Citizens Defending Freedom, because what it's offered is a full-time 
full-time careers for people to do just that. We are government oversight. We are looking into every budget. We're looking into every election, every leader within education, school policies, library books, supplemental curriculum, you name it. We are there, eyes and ears, boots on the ground, and there should be a full-time team in every county of the United States that does this for the businessmen, for the, for the working families that need to live their lives and, and need this organization to give that oversight, bring accountability and make the citizens aware. And, and that's why this is the solution. I'm just, I feel so fulfilled in my life right now with what we're doing because it just feels like for the first time, we're not in the dark, you know, and we're able to, to let people know, hey, this policy is being voted on. We need to have our eyes on this. We need, you know, we need to have some involvement in this or whatever the situation is. So I think that it's the solution, government oversight. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of been one of the things that have held back conservatism, not the conservatism can't have grassroots but when you look at the left they have so many of these organizations that will pay people just to follow politicians around to videotape them everything they do and to cause trouble not saying that's what you're doing but they have a whole they have a whole apparatus a whole high, uh, corporate structure designed for full-time employees to just engage in grassroots politics and that's something that has been yep. lacking on the conservative side for so long Right. People You're go exactly to the rallies. Right. right. But then they, then they have to go to work and, and you that's can't right. expect people to to do this full time when they also have to do a job. So that, that's been something that's been really uh, encouraging to see come out of all of this is organizations uh, like yours that, that pop up and not just to fight the, the short term battles, but to be there long term to get people in the trenches and, and to fight these generational wars, because make no mistake, that's what this is. It's a generational war. They're hoping to chip away. The masks The masks might be one and done, right? But when you look at things like critical race theory, when you look at some of the other really gross Gosh, things yes. that they are putting in the schools, they are, that's trying to chip it away. If, if you can teach the kindergartners to hate their themselves because they're white, they're expecting to just pile onto that over the next 18 years in the school system until they create a little woke liberal by the That's time right. they graduate. That's right. And the critical race theory and the LGBTQ and all of this indoctrination, what we're seeing now is a rise in mental health issues. And so what's the solution for that? Now they're bringing in all these other organizations to add additional uh, men mental health services within the school. So we've got a couple of organizations right now that we've got our eyes on within our Polk County school system that are implementing these um, these health organizations who state on their websites that their goal is to give uh, children easier access to health care. Now, it's wrapped in a pretty package, of course, of, you know, your parents are involved and they're welcome to sit on the sessions and, you know, they're, they're, um, they have to approve it and this, that, and the other. But I think you and I know, you know, that what's really happening, it's just more overreach. You know, the schools are designed to teach our children academics. Social issues are left to the parents. And I feel more and more we're finding that our school systems are, are overstepping their bounds and, and trying to take on the parents' job. And, you know, so part of what we're trying to do is, is not only put a halt to these types of things, but also in, encourage and inspire parents to get involved with your children in school. Don't be complacent and turn a blind eye to things, you know, so it's, yeah. it's very, it's very crazy. 
I mean, I, I remember when I was in school, if you, the kids weren't allowed to even have Tylenol, you had to get a parent's note for Tylenol, right? If, if a kid was diabetic, you need a parent's note for insulin. And if another kid was going into diabetic shock and another student gave them their, some of their insulin, right? They could get suspended. Or if a kid who was allergic to bee stings got stung and another child gave them an EpiPen, they could be suspended. For, for sharing medications, right? Everything That's had right. to go through the parents. Today, you see schools actually helping kids to transition without their parents' knowledge. You see schools actually helping kids, whether they want to or not, get vaccinated without their parents' knowledge. It seems like it's just been a complete upside down flip. And it can't just, it, it can't just be politics, right? I mean, because these are things that, that liberals have always been against right they've always been my mm -hmm. body my choice they've always wanted to make sure that the government wasn't forcing things on on them from a health position it's just been a complete flip it's been a it's complete true. flip and why are they trying to turn our children into adults i just find that very very interesting you know i mean anyway that's a whole nother rabbit trail there but well, it's I've thought about that. To me. I've, th I've thought about that. And if you think about what childhood represents, it represents innocence. It represents purity. Yep. It, it's just yep. fundamental goodness. Now there's some bad kids, but no kid is actually truly bad. They just, they just need a little, little guidance. When you see someone try to eliminate childhood and try and force kids to grow up faster. I mean, when you, when you start talking to kindergartners about puberty blocking drugs that they would never need for for decades even if even if they wanted to go down that route it, it's it's an attack on on childhood on innocence it on is. purity on 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 basic goodness trying to force them to grow up faster so that they can yep. i don't know <laughs> i don't and really know what the end game is know what they hate. With, but with yeah. with sex trafficking on the rise what else would be the motive for that what else would be the motive for 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 you know desensitizing our children to that innocence you know it's just I don't find it a coincidence and we've got our eyes and ears in all of that. And we're, you know, if it's there, the light will be shown on it. So, yeah, no, I mean, there's, there's lots of, lots of theories for it. I don't know. Is, is it a, is it a sexualizing thing? I don't know. I mean, for some people it probably is. I mean, there's a lot of really gross people, but there've always been gross people in schools and yeah. that hasn't really changed. Hopefully there's less of them now. I don't know. It's just, it seems like we don't have the whole picture yet. Right? We, we, we can we can yep. try and interpret why they're doing it, but the fact that there's such a coordinated effort to do this to kids, there has to be mm -hmm. an underlying goal. I don't want to get into the conspiracy theory stuff of, of no, like George Soros or whatever, but there has to be something there. Otherwise, they wouldn't mm -hmm. all be doing the same thing the same way to the same kids. Exactly right. It would be it would be foolish on our part not to at least entertain it and look into it further and that's what we're doing. So Yeah. Well, we're we're going to be bring Joe on real quick um to to close this out with you. But talk to me about some of the other initiatives that you're working on. Obviously, the mask the mask mandates for schools are important, vaccine mm -hmm. mandates are important, but in in Florida, those to my knowledge have both been been largely banned by the legislation that just got passed. What are you guys working on now? Well, within our education realm, we have we have multiple divisions that we're working on, but specifically pertaining to education, um, 
you know, simple things like board meetings, reviewing agendas on those board meetings, get a, getting a presence and speakers at those meetings, um, looking into school policies, supplemental curriculums, library books. We've uh, got a list of 40 library books right now that um, we're working to get removed from Polk County schools. And I've noticed that this is a big thing that's happening all over the U.S., which I'm really happy about. Um, the content in, the, in some of these books that we found um, is just disgusting. I wouldn't even, as an adult to an adult, feel comfortable talking to you about the content of these books that our children have access to. So getting those removed is a huge initiative. Um, you know, we're, we're really trying to develop relationships. You know, we don't want to be this other like loudmouth organization that's just coming in and yelling and, and being unprofessional at the school boards. We're really focused within our organization on our code of conduct and how we are conduct ourselves in public, but also forming relationships with school board members where we can and letting them know that, you know, we're here to support you and we're here to hold you accountable, but we're here to support you too. And a beautiful example of that is one of our school board members who's been pretty silent on the mask issues up until recently, completely unleashed in one of the meetings and spoke her mind on how she feels about it being so unconstitutional. And I can't help but think that that was due to the support that we've offered her via email, phone calls, and just physical presence. So that's, that's a big part of what we're doing as well, establishing and building relationships with our local leaders within education. So that's a lot that we're working on, but you know we've got to kind of tackle it all if we can. <laughs> yeah, no, and you got to tackle. You, you talk about what's in this, what's in the libraries. I mean, you can I don't want to get into. I don't even feel comfortable talking about this stuff. I, I told you as we were getting ready, one of the books that you should add to the list. See if it's there. It's called Lawn Boy. It's disgusting stuff, and and this is stuff that absolutely would meet the definition of child pornography of sexualizing children. I mean, that that's what we're talking about here. Some of these really gross stuff in books that if it was on a, if it was on a teacher's computer screen, they go to prison for a decade, but somehow they've approved it to be on the shelves in the library for kids just to take out on their own. Um, disgusting yeah. stuff. How, how, how can people, a couple people in the comment section are asking about how they can find whether their schools are carrying these, disgusting books. Is there a research, uh, a resource that they can go to? Um, so um, we have an organization. Um, and of course, I'm drawing a blank on what's our freedom organization, Steve? Freedom. Uh, uh, anyway, I'll, I'll remember it when we're off and I'll okay. send it to you. But okay. I will, if it's okay You're with you, I'll CCDF? send you. No, no, she's CCDF. not. She's talking about something. Sorry, sorry keep going. No, that's okay. Um, if it's okay with you, I'll send you the list that we have, and it'll have the letterhead of that organization that I'm just okay. drawing a blank on right now. Um, but they can pull data from, from their counties, but also just giving you that list and you sharing that with your followers will give people a starting place on where to look first. And there are sheriffs that are willing to make arrests over this because it's... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It is you know. cut and dry. I mean, it, it, mm -hmm. it is pretty cut and dry what the law says and these laws are when you violate them you violate them i mean yep. the, the laws are so overly broad that you've you've seen kids get arrested for this stuff just for sending su suggestive pictures to their their school boyfriends or school girlfriends so these laws are very very broad and That's right. they absolutely they absolutely encompass some of the stuff that we're finding in these libraries um, and if so this helps I, I know, you, you go ahead 
I'm sorry. Um, I was just going to say, if this helps your followers at all as well, we're, we're drafting letters and sending them out to the media specialists and principals within our school, just letting them know that we are uh, working with law enforcement and legal and giving them a heads up to go ahead and start cleaning these books out. And we want proof that they're taken out. So there's some, some kind of proactive steps that they can take as well. And that's something that has had a lot of success that I've seen in other counties around the country. Once you start getting the sheriff involved, once you start getting the, uh, the district attorney involved, once you start getting the mayor involved, it's amazing how school boards cape because they are artificial power. The school boards think that they're more powerful than they actually are. They're all directly elected, so they can almost always be recalled like that, right? They, they feel so powerful because for the longest time, this stuff was people didn't show up to these meetings, right? They, they would gavel in, read out the business, gavel out, and maybe there were a couple people there. So they got the belief that they had more power than they actually had. The minute you start bringing real power down on them, the sheriffs, district attorneys, the mayors, it's amazing to see how quickly they fold because it's so true. They, don't, they don't care about any of these issues more than they care about their own freedom. And that's something that is definitely effective. Hannah, I know we have a hard break um, but I, I want to give you the, the final word before uh, we let you go. Well, thank you so much again for having me on. Um, again, go to County Citizens Defending Freedom, ccdfusa.com. Um, sign up to be an ambassador. And I just want to encourage your followers to gather your patriots together. Stand up for your rights. You know, fight back on these mandates. Show up at these local board meetings, not just school board meetings, but your you know municipality meetings. Start making a presence there and remind our local leaders who they work for and, and, and follow their policies. We've got to, gone are the days of being complacent. We've got to fit some time into our lives to have some go government oversight. So that would be my, my takeaway, my piece of advice. Well, it's absolutely true. Well, well Hannah, I want to thank you for your time. I want to congratulate you on the successes you've already had and wish you the best of luck in the bigger fights coming up. Thank you for joining us, Hannah. Thank you so much, Max. Right, have a great rest of your day. It's a big story. I mean, these are things that we all have to do. If you're not already involved in your local school board, if you're not already showing up at these meetings, you got to do it. Whether you have a kid in the school district or not, you have to do it. You have to do it because realize even if you don't have a kid in, in schools, even if you don't have any kids, do you really want brainwashed kids running around your town? running around your city. You know, we all have a we all have a vested interest in what the schools are teaching kids, whether you have a kid in the school or not. Right? You are directly affected by what the kids are taught, what the kids learn and what kind of men and women they become. So I encourage you to do what Hannah did. Uh, obviously, it's not for everyone becoming a full-time uh, advocate, a full-time government watchdog, but you do do what you can. Right. It, it's so easy to say, oh, someone else is going to do it. It's not for me. It's going to be someone else's doing. But you got you got You can't do that. You can't allow yourself to get stuck in that kind of in that kind of web. You got to keep fighting and you got to fight whenever and wherever you can. So we're going to shift gears a little bit in the second half, talking about the Kyle Rittenhouse um, interview last night because it was a pretty explosive interview. But before we do, I want to remind you that the reawakening docuseries is now out. This is a documentary series that is is highlighting the Reawaken America tour events that Joe and Joe has been going to, and I went to the last one. Um, I highly recommend that you that you check this out. It's it's 
from Patriot filmmakers Joy and Matthew Thayer. Um, they produced a really great, a really great documentary series. I think it's a four-part series. So if you want to go, the link in our description, reawakeningseries.com. When you use promo code CD21, Charlie Delta 21, you're going to get 10% off. You're going to get entered into the running for backstage passes, VIP passes for one of these events, and entered into the running for a backstage pass to meet Michael Flynn. All this has a $1,000 value. So make sure you check it out and use promo code CD21 when you make your purchase. Mr. Producer, why don't we play that, uh, that trailer real quick? We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the goal. You know the, you know the thing. We will shut you down. We will cite you. And if we need to, we will arrest you and we will take you to jail. Period. I wasn't thinking of the Bill of Rights when we did this. But no amendment, no amendment to the Constitution is absolute. God actually spoke to me. He spoke about sacredness. He said to me, Kim, what I place in many, many people is sacred. And if anybody touches what is sacred to me, then it is the end for them. So what I've done in the United States of America is sacred. And there are people on every side that are trying to destroy what I deem sacred. And it's not going to happen. This is the definition of criminal conspiracy, racketeering, and collusion. This is not a theory. This is evidence. Because I have upheld this country to spread a light to the rest of the world. When you choose to go against the sacred thing that God puts into the very heart and the soil of this nation, this was sacred to God. Now is the time to This is exactly why I need some action from my people. So again, go to reawakeningseries.com and use promo code CD21. You get 10% off into the running for backstage passes and into the running to meet Michael Flynn at one of those events.